Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join out on the phone, online, or via text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Filling in for Brian this morning is Scott Beatty. Well, a pleasant Tuesday morning to you. Good morning. I'm Scott Beatty, as Gene just said, in for Brian Barnhart, who's having a couple of days off. He is back tomorrow. And I'm glad to be with you here until 11 o'clock. It's a penny for your thoughts. Coming up in this hour, we will welcome in Trooper Tracy Lillard from Illinois State Police in District 10, which uh, covers um, much of the county and I think beyond a little bit as well. And uh, Tracy's always good to talk to and uh, takes your calls. So it's kind of one of those, everything you always want to do, ask a police officer, ask a cop, if, uh, but we're afraid to ask. Uh, the phones usually light up when she's in. So uh, we welcome your calls on that. I already got a text in queue waiting for Tracy. So uh, she is coming up a little bit in uh, later this half hour. We'll welcome her into the program. And then in the 10 o'clock hour, we have an open line. We can... Go most any direction you like. Uh, we have a few minutes right now as well if you want to jump in early in the program. But plenty of topics that uh, we can talk about from uh, President Trump and the latest with uh, the foreign relations and the Iran deal. We can also uh, talk about uh, some local issues that are going on, uh, some jockeying continuing with the District 6 seat and the election in the uh, Champaign County Board. We had shots fired as well near Centennial High School yesterday, around the time of a marching band practice. So plenty of uh, options here to go on a penny for your thoughts. I'm back from a little bit of time off. It's that time of year when we all here at the Radio Ranch try to take our vacation because basically when football camp starts, even if you're not involved in sports coverage, but especially for those of us that are, it just feels like this is it. Summer is over. We're back in gear. So Illinois football is doing their thing at training camp every day. They're practicing right now until 11 o'clock down at the rec fields. Yesterday, after their practice, they had a, I don't want to call it a ceremony, but a little event where the final steel beam was put in place on the football performance center next to Memorial Stadium. I was over there to watch that. A big, uh, most of the beams are not painted, but this final beam was painted white, and then all the players came and signed it. On The uh, athletic director, Josh Whitman, head football coach, Levy Smith, did that as well. Players uh, applauded the steel workers, and then the beam was hoisted up and put in place, bolted in place, and uh, no more steel going up for that football performance center. Now the bones are there. They'll start going towards the uh, filling it out, and it'll all be complete next year. That's a multi-million dollar project. That is about a year away from completion. I thought the coolest part about watching it all, though, was the interaction between the players and the workers. And, uh, you know, afterward, Lovey Smith was going around signing workers' helmets and, and all that. So pretty cool uh, little scene. Uh, you know, maybe it's not a big deal if you're not a football fan. I mean, the one thing that I is 
kind of interesting about this performance center is it's a huge facility. It's multi-million dollars, but nobody's going to see it except people who are working in the football program or in athletics. It's not a building for the public. So it's neat to see it go up, but at the same time, oh, man, I can't go in there. I can't can't see it, can't participate in it. It's sort of an exclusive building, but it was neat to get a firsthand look at uh, what's going on in that performance center. And hopefully for Illini fans, that translates into more recruits, better training, better practice, more wins and all that. That's uh, what it's there for. So we're off and running on a penny for your thoughts. Scott Beatty here for Brian Barnhart. He is back tomorrow and uh, for the rest of the week and into the future as well. Uh, If you don't know me, I'm also on in the afternoons every day, 4 o'clock. I guide us through the news hour, which gets caught up in the day's news. We do weather and sports and have guests as well. And then in the 5 o'clock hour, I host Sports Talk. Cover primarily Illini-related things during the 5 o'clock hour, but also branch out into uh, other national and regional sports issues as well. So that's all coming up later today. You get me at both ends of the day. The number, 356-9397, the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 351-5357. Coming back, Trooper Tracy Lillard is in the green room, and we'll talk with her coming up on A Penny for Your Thoughts. A Penny for Your Thoughts. Good morning, Scott Beatty here, filling in for Brian Barnhart, and Brian's back tomorrow get you going with the rest of the week uh we have uh, trooper tracy lillard here we'll talk with her in just a moment from illinois state police second hour we will have an open line and as always you can go any direction you want here on a penny for your thoughts the number is three five six nine three nine seven if you have questions for tracy and also the castle heating and cooling text line is three five one five three five seven trooper tracy leather district 10 illinois state police good morning good to good see morning. you how are you good welcome into the studio thanks uh did you have to run any red lights to get here no but i did have to let a guy um in front of me. i i should have stopped him i should have stopped him and then i thought you know what i'm gonna be late and then scott's coming to wonder where i'm at and i'm gonna have to deal with this guy so you could have phoned in we could have uh, done no, like, i did not run to run any red lights <laughs> no i'm <laughs> saying you could have done the stop and then and done the call from the side. While of you're road. doing the stop, so. kind of like the TV shows, you know, we get like reality oh, that radio. Been, that would have been great. Yeah, just that just put the phone there, and we'll talk. We could oh, talk. We could have talked a... with the guy. Oh, that would have been great. Say, well, hey, why did you run the red light? <laughs> talk to us about this. Right. You know, I have to. Sometimes I have to uh, let little. That wasn't a little thing, but sometimes I just have to. I have somewhere to be, which is here. So. You know the thing about. I've been and traveled some across out of this country and in other places. Sometimes traffic is a little bit more make it up as you go. Oh, yes. Driving. Yes. And just, the, you know, it just seems sort of obvious. But, like, we have a whole system here based on traffic lights. If right. if, if everyone just decides not to obey them, like, we've got big problems. Correct. <laughs> Damn, Correct. So. Uh, yeah. And well, we've got a crash. We've got a crash out there on this morning on 74 that I wasn't even working yet this morning. And. The media was already calling me, asking me about this crash and which lane it was in and how long it's going to be and if there's any injuries. And so um, I had to do a little digging to find out. But anyway. Yeah. So uh, you've had a summer busy, I'm sure. Yes. Um, We've had a lot of, obviously, we've had a lot of construction projects, which has um, altered a lot of people's 
traffic routines. And something that I'm really, I think I'm just more amazed that the people haven't figured it out. So you live in the Champaign-Urbana area. You know that there's construction on I-74. Am I correct? Right. Okay. And if I don't, usually the orange cones and <laughs> signs alert me. Right. It's hard to see those orange signs and cones when you're looking at your phone, though, when you're driving, right? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the general public. No, no. Right. Because there's be still me. a lot of people that are unaware that they're in the construction zone. And I, I just find it so hard to believe that, you know, these people are traveling traveling these roads every day and then they're surprised that they're stuck in traffic behind a crash <laughs> so it just it's amazing to me but anyway uh some of the speeds that still astound me that are in the construction zone are 95 and a 95 and a 55 90 yeah. 40 over in a in a construction zone is just hard to believe and then their excuse is well i didn't know i was in a construction zone yeah so, again usually like the orange, orange coat, yeah right and you're sitting here wearing an orange shirt so i'm like yeah orange shirt <laughs> orange cones come on people uh with the barrels but you yeah, heard some had good a, excuses in your time um i've had the the craziest excuse was the guy who said that his wife was pregnant and i didn't want to have to deliver a child on the side of the road so i followed them to the hospital at first i asked if they wanted an ambulance they said no the lady's screaming in the passenger seat i followed into the hospital we were in danville at the time and so i just followed him a few blocks to the hospital get to the hospital run into you know run inside to the, grab the nurse grab a wheelchair i was like i got to do something for this lady come to find out she's not pregnant so it was ah, all big yeah so i the, sat and wrote him a ticket in the parking lot of the hospital i recall the morning my wife we were going to the hospital with my wife and our second child and she's in labor I do recall, and it was like 4.30 in the morning, recall running a red light. And I so wanted to get pulled over just to be able to say to an officer, my no, my <laughs> wife is having a baby, just to see what they, because right. the, you get a one time, you get to use that excuse, right? Some of the times that I've seen are people saying, well, I'm almost out of gas. And so they're going well into the hundreds and they think that it, if they get to the gas station faster, but they don't realize they're burning more fuel. They I do don't that, get though. it. It's just it's a, it's a natural sense of panic. Hurry up, <laughs> hurry up, get to a stop so I uh, can get fueled up. But yeah, the faster you go, the more you use. And the, the hard, I'm telling you, the hardest part is to not laugh. You know, when we're on a traffic stop, we just sometimes you're just like you people. Come on. <laughs> so anyway. All right, you ready for some calls? I'm ready. All right, let's Tro go. Trooper Tracy Lillard, Illinois State Police. Phone number is three five six nine three nine seven. And you can text us on the Castle Heating Cooling text line 3515357 if you have. Now, just as a just a general purview, Illinois State Police, you guys handle obviously the roadways, the interstates, Correct. the highways, some uh, more state issues, but not so much things right in town. Correct. Right. Except um, for I like US 45, Neal Street, Dunlap. Right. Uh, you know, now some of the areas like in Savoy. On 45 in Savoy, that would be the county's jurisdiction. And then further south of that would be ours. And then yeah. once they go in, once 45 hits Tolona, that's the Tolona Police Department. So there's different areas, different sections of a particular road that would be handled by different municipalities so, sure. or different agencies. Okay. All right. First up for Trooper Tracy Lillard. Tracy, you'll have to put those ears on. Oh, so you oh, can hear the oh, jeez. It's like it's my first day. I know. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Eric is up. Good morning, Eric. Uh, good morning. Uh, Tracy, I had a question for you or sure. uh, an observation I have. Um, I find travel frequently um, south of here. It's not necessarily our district, but uh, southern Illinois, south of Carbondale on 57. They, I think they have a, an industry there of, of, of the, making money by pulling people over. You know? <laughs> it's like, you know, that's a, a common uh, a common place for, you know, it's just every day. You go a by stretch. there. And, 
Yeah. Uh, is it is it stretch. all ISP or is there other um, agencies that are out there with them? No, it's not just the Illinois State Police for sure. It's it's like the the local county, you know, type of people, and it's just like I think that's their. I think they count on that to, to uh, build their coffers. Is that is that possible? Or, so, well, or, and I can't speak they, for that area. Um, however, I will tell you. I'll tell you this because this is typically a misconception and I wanted to cover that uh, as best I can. So for instance, if an Illinois state trooper pulls over somebody and writes them, say, let's just say a speeding ticket. Okay. So you're out here on 57, we write a speeding ticket. The state police agency does not take the revenue from that ticket. The $120 does not go directly to the Illinois state police. A, I think it's $3 or $5 of the fine will go back into the Illinois state police. The rest of it goes um, it's broken up into several different categories, but the majority of that money goes back into the county in which the ticket was issued. So Champaign County, Douglas County, Coles County, um, I don't know, does that help make sense of where the money goes? So a lot of people think that we're out there writing tickets to generate revenue for the state of Illinois, and that is incorrect. But when you get to a question like you asked where there's other agencies out there that are working on that stretch of road, whether they're doing it for a revenue issue, which I don't, I don't know if that's what they're doing. I have no idea. But a lot of times what they're doing is they're trying to pull in extra law enforcement agencies because they have a high fatality rate in that area. Um, we have a large fatality rate on I-57 and on I-74. That's why mm -hmm. we have lots of troopers working on those particular stretches. That's where a lot of our fatals are. So for, I can't speak for their county that particular stretch south of Carbondale, but you know, there's, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but I, I just, I don't want people to think that the only reason we write tickets is to make money for the state. Cause if that was the case, you know, we'd be, a we'd be digging ourselves out of a hole, but we're not. <laughs> um, I, I did have uh, one other question. Sure. Okay. Um, you know, I noticed, I, I've never read this before because, uh, 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 you know, 57 and 70, they all kind of come up from the south, and they bring it all lead towards to Chicago. Correct. And I've heard they are they are actually major uh, like drug drug uh, running uh, uh, yes. know, areas. Or yes. Yes. And is that something that you guys are aware of? Or yep, absolutely. Or? And I'll shed a little light onto this. My husband does a lot of drug interdiction work uh, for the Illinois State Police. He's a trooper as well, and he has a canine. And I-74. Um, I-72, 57, 70, I-80, you know, when you get up into the, the northern part of the state, those are all drug corridors. And we we recognize that as an agency, but we also recognize that a lot of these people that are running large amounts of drugs are trying to steer off of the major interstate routes and they're starting to use U.S. and state highways. And so a lot of times our uh, people that are doing drug work um, refocus their efforts onto other roads that aren't interstates. The two lanes. The two lanes. Yeah. U.S. Route 36. You know, that's, there's other ways for drug runners to get their drugs from a particular area to another, uh, you know, to their destination. And we recognize that. And so um, our guys are working, our guys are working not only the interstates for that kind of stuff, but they're also working those two lanes and they do that for a reason. So that's a great question. And yes, the answer is yes. There are drugs driving up and down these interstates every single day. Really appreciate the call, Eric. Three five six nine three nine seven. Trooper Tracy Lillard from Illinois State Police with us. Ask a cop. Anything you want to ask? Well, not anything, but uh, it's kind of 
uh, open line with Trooper Tracy Lillard. Let's go to Dave. Good morning, Dave. Morning, Tracy. Thank you so much for you know the service that you you uh, provide to our state and our area and to all really all state state troopers in the area and um, and and local law enforcement. You guys do a tough job and. Um, you know, it's it's so easy for for bad news to come out and get lots of headlines, but you, you all are all great. We, you know, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I um, so I, it's not funny, but you know, you mentioned seventy four, and I I saw that an alert came on my phone just before I called. Right. I used to drive seventy four to Danville every day, uh, a couple days a week for work, and it got to the point where there was accidents so frequently that I decided to start um, taking uh, 150 uh-huh. and um, what I, I just I, I'm trying to figure out what the deal is because it is it's just like oh another accident on 74 between St. Joe and Danville yep or even really from from Cunningham or uh, University exit to Danville is, is where that stretch goes and right what is the deal is it because it is such like a straight open road that is it people speeding is it texting people feel comfortable that they can let the guard down you're hitting you're hitting all of these points it's all of the above so uh okay so i have noticed i have noticed an increase myself um we've had crashes we've had crashes on 74 since i came to this district in 2004 so it's not a new thing i think i'm making um more people aware of the crashes because I'm trying to get the information out to the motorists as fast as possible. You know, I, I contact the media right away. <clears throat> Excuse me. I put out what's called a travel advisory to the media. I send it out. I say, Hey, we got a crash. It's right here in hopes that the media will then in turn share that with their listeners and their viewers so that you guys are made aware of it so that you can take alternate plans. If you had a doctor's appointment in Champaign and you were coming from Danville, or if you had to leave earlier for work, but to answer your question on why in the world are all these crashes happening, people are speeding. Um, the majority of these people are distracted on their phone. Uh, not every single time. Not every crash is a distraction. Some of them are equipment issue or something like that. Uh, some of them are weather related. Uh, we had six fatals last year on that stretch between Urbana and Danville. And out of those six, one of them was weather related, I believe. Um, I think it was a fog issue over near Danville, but the rest of them, you know, it's traveling too fast for conditions or it's, um, you know, looking down at their phone, didn't realize that they were, that the crap, the traffic was stopped up ahead. They didn't have time to stop and they slam into stop traffic. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it's, it's not a, a lot of it, uh, before a couple years ago used to be a little bit of a road condition issue. And so I has fixed that issue, but when you say if people are becoming immune to these trips, they're just used to it. That's their stretch of road. The problem is, is you take your commuters every day and you throw in, right. you throw in people from Virginia and North right. Dakota that are traveling through this area, and they're like, "What in the world are these people doing?" And then you have a crash. I have a theory. It really, yeah, and and the speeding is an issue because I mean, it's like I'll be dri- I was driving down, and it's it's like you really feel like you feel the pressure of people coming up behind you. You're in the right lane. You're trying to pass semis and you try to get back over, but gosh, people just don't give you the, uh, mm-hmm. the, that time. And it's, you would think a nice open stretch of road should be the least dangerous, but it, it's probably the opposite because people are less it's, attentive because right. it seems 
regular. Yeah. Right. Interesting. What's your theory, well, Scott? Again. Oh, my, oh, I appreciate the call, Dave. Got to keep moving here. Thanks. Uh, my theory is it, it's I don't have the data in front of me. I could be making this up, but there seems to be a little bit higher incident rate on I-74 east of Champaign-Urbana. Is that do you know if that's true or not? First yes. of all, okay, that yes, is that's a little correct. bit higher. So here's part of my theory: you get out of town, and maybe whether you're local or somebody just passing through, and it's like, okay, I'm out of town. Now I'm, my next stop is Indianapolis or wherever it is you're going, yes, and so and you sort of yeah, you stop paying attention because yep. maybe you're paying attention in town. It's three lanes. There's a lot exiting it, and um, there seems to be a like there's a lot of semis at that point. I don't know why that is. I don't know if they're getting on in Urbana, but it just seems to be more semis and people aren't paying attention as much. Well, and it goes from three lanes to two lanes, too. So yeah. uh, that's another. Yeah. So uh, and, and it seems to be a very windy area, too. So it I is imagine windy. truck drivers have an issue with that. Yes. Yes. But a lot of these a lot of these crashes aren't trucks. Okay. <laughs> a lot of these crashes are, are passenger cars. But anyways, it, it go has, ahead. It, no, it has given me pause every time I've gone eastbound on I-74 to think I need to be extra careful here. It seems to be this is where we hear and, about a lot. And a lot of people are taking 150, like he said. But the problem is, is 150 is backing up just as much. Yeah. So, all right. All right, we are backing up here to our break and some news. So we have a couple of callers waiting. I really hope you guys can hang on with Trooper Tracy Lillard. We've got some text questions as well. So we will come back on the other side of this. Stay with us. It's a penny for your thoughts. A penny for your thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Welcome back. It's a penny for your thoughts. I'm Scott Beatty filling in for Brian Barnhart talking here in the first hour with Trooper Tracy Lillard from Illinois State Police. Brian is back tomorrow and the rest of the week. Uh, tomorrow he will have an open line for much of the program. Also talk a little bit about the Rebounders golf outing. Uh, later in the week he will dive into uh, what is going on up in Chicago with the, uh, well it's been ongoing violence, but it was a particularly violent weekend uh, over the weekend. And uh, in the second hour of this program, I just got a few uh, numbers to share with you on that as well. So second hour here of this program, we're doing an open line. If you got your uh, comments or questions ready on that. But here for this hour, it's Trooper Tracy Lillard and anything you want to ask to the uh, Illinois State Police. So let's go back to the phones. Joseph has been hanging on. Good morning, Joseph. You're on with Tracy Lillard. Hello, guys. I have one real quick, quick question, Tracy. Is it ever legal to turn left on a red light? Goodness, you're asking hard questions. Hold on a second. I got to think about this. Is it ever legal to turn left on a red light? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess no. A one-way you can, right? On a one-way. On a one-way. If the street you're turning left onto is a one-way. Yeah, but that I can't. No, that's I can't function. I can't visualize that. No, no. If you are on a one way, I'm sorry, and you're going to turn left. I don't. So I'd have to see it. I'm at the corner of Church and State, heading south on State. I could turn left on a red as long as nobody was heading westbound on Church, because nobody's going to be heading eastbound on Church because it's one way. 
I think that's right. If I'm trying to recall to driver's ed, like if as long as you know signs that say don't turn left. I mean, but I think you have. I'd have I'd have to look at that street, and I'm not familiar with that particular intersection that you're talking about. But as far as I as far as I know, if there's if the traffic is all headed that direction, if it's all a one way in that direction, then I don't see why not. But Ed Bond Ed Bond says if there's if it's two one way streets. If it's two, two one-way one streets. Street. If you're on a one-way street and you're turning onto a one-way street left, obviously, then you that's permissible. Okay. And Ed is, I mean, he's he writes the law. No, I'm just kidding. Ed, uh, Ed good no, job. No, Ed, you know, Ed knows <laughs> these things. So I, I think it probably comes into play in cities, you know, obviously. Right. And see, and I don't deal a lot with um, city traffic. So right. that that might be something you want to ask a, a Champaign police officer, but I have not. I have not particularly I seen. Get pulled over. <laughs> yeah, don't wait till you get pulled over to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Joe. Okay. Appreciate the call. Interesting, okay, interesting now. scenario. I was thinking about this this weekend. I was in Michigan and saw somebody, a passenger, or a civilian vehicle, use the interstate um, those brake points oh, that say goodness. no unauthorized vehicles, yes. and they use that to make a U-turn. And I thought, ooh, that's a good way to get pulled over, isn't it? Yes, we've had a lot of people die in that situation here in Illinois on our on our crossovers. That's why we've been really hitting the crossovers a lot, especially over on I-72 in that construction area. But we just had a bunch of violations the other day. We had the Interstate um, 74, another crash. Traffic backed up for about three and a half hours, and people were turning around in the grass. They didn't even wait for that concrete turnaround. They were turning mm-hmm. around in the grass, which is also illegal. So please, 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 please. Don't do that. I don't want you guys to risk your life uh, or the lives of the people that are in the car with you. I think one thing you don't realize, because there's been a time or two when I've had to pull over on the shoulder. Right. And when you come back into traffic, what looks like a really long distance that you would have plenty of time because cars are going 70 to 80 miles an hour on the right. interstate. They, they close that gap really quick. Yes. So if you're turning out of a parking lot on Neal Street out of the grocery store or something, it's, it's plenty of room. Right. They, yeah, exactly. They couldn't have said it better. Yeah, well, maybe I'll, we should change jobs. I know, You host right? a radio show, and I'll go around policing. <laughs> that would be scary. Uh, but on that note, actually, you are looking for more troopers, aren't we you? We are looking for more troopers, and actually the deadline for this next class in April is on August 15th. So if you are interested, um, IllinoisTrooper.com is where you put your application in. It's the merit board. Um, there's all the information's on there starting salaries on there, uh, 25 weeks in the police academy. They teach you everything you need to know. You have to have a bachelor's degree. You have to have, uh, and l- there's a couple other scenarios if you have an associate's plus law enforcement at a particular uh, department or military, uh, different things. But bachelor's degree is typically what we're looking for. And In any, just a bachelor's degree. In anything. Degree. Yep, it can so be if you anything. got one in English, you could still be yep, a trooper. Absolutely. What is the best part about your job? Uh, I imagine it is that feeling of putting your life in danger? No, it's the feeling of helping people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, I, I could not imagine doing any other job. I've, I'm in my 18th year right now as a state trooper and every day is different. And I think that's, what's fun is the variety of the job. Uh, Do we hate winter? Absolutely. You know, I like winter when I'm off duty, but I hate winter when I'm on duty. Um, But the, the variety of the job and then that sense of um, accomplishment when you can help somebody or even like earlier today when somebody said thank you I mean I love to hear when people appreciate what we do so 
anyway, go ahead. That's great. Yeah. All right. So uh, check it out if you're interested in that. Uh, Dale on the text line, 3515357, says, I was told when traveling and wanting to report an accident or unsafe incident, we're to call 911. Everyone knows not to call that number unless it's an emergency. So I wonder how many incidents are never reported because... There's no number for reporting it along any of Illinois' highways. In many other states, they have a number to call posted at regular intervals, but not Illinois. Yes. Okay. I know exactly what he's talking about. So I travel quite a bit to other states, and I notice that there's like a star such and such or dial, you know, this, this, this style in order to report something. In Illinois, we don't have that. Uh, We do recommend that people still dial 911. The reason being is... Um, our dispatch center, which is up in Pontiac, Illinois, there's a, a phone number, the, the regular phone number, 911, goes to the, like, for instance, it goes to Metcat here in Champaign. So when you call and say, hey, there's a couch on the middle of I-74, the couch is laying across the passing lane over by, um, between Neal and Lincoln. There's a couch, it fell out of somebody's vehicle. A lot of people are hesitant. They'll be like, well, I don't know if that's an emergency. I don't know what number to call. We have an emergency couch. You dial 911. It will go to the dispatch center here in Champaign. Uh, You'll say, hey, this is so-and-so. I'm driving on I-74. There's a couch in the middle of the lane. Those Metcad dispatchers hear the word I-74. They will transfer you to our Pontiac dispatch center. And the Pontiac um, telecommunicators will dispatch the trooper to that that area so you might have to repeat your information a couple times because you're being transferred from a local municipality dispatch center to the state police one but there's a lot of times that people don't call that information in and so like you said if people are um, how many things are unreported a lot of people feel the need to send a message through social media I got a message through social media that there was a pallet in the middle of the lane of the interstate I happen to be in Florida with my family. You know, that telling me through social media that there's a pallet in the middle of the lane when I'm in another state is ineffective. I need you to dial 911. Anytime you see an emergency in Illinois, 911, um, if you see a suspected drunk driver, if you see a reckless driver, if you see somebody that's tired and dozing off and behind the wheel, that is, you need to dial 911. There's so. been a couple of times when I've, called in something because I'm one of those guys and and the dispatcher will say yep we're on it you know yes. because I'm not the first one to call yes. it in yes and that will happen quite a bit and so that's that's a good thing and um if there's a reckless driver let's say you're uh you see a silver I'm gonna pick out a car a silver Mazda four-door and that Mazda four-door just blew your doors off and it's traveling well over 100 miles an hour you dial 911 you report that incident the dispatcher will say got it the next person sees that same car. Now that car is a couple miles down the road. If the dispatchers get three, four, five calls on one particular vehicle, and then the troopers are looking for that particular vehicle, all of those calls are all linked up to the same incident. And if that car gets in a crash or if that car hits another vehicle, we've got all those reports of how that person was driving and that will help us. And so never feel like it's unimportant that you don't want to call that in because you know that can that could that vehicle could hurt somebody and I just want to make sure that uh, people are not hesitant on reporting stuff like that. Yeah, it sounds like bottom line if you're not sure it's an emergency or warrants a call, call anyway. Call anyway. Yeah. Yep. You're not going to get in trouble for calling it. Correct. Yeah. All right, here's Frank is on the line. Good morning, Frank. You're on with Trooper Tracy Lillard. Uh, 
Thank you. Um, does the Illinois State Police have a unit that investigates public sector pension fraud? I didn't understand the word public, public sector. What pension was, fraud. Oh, uh, pension fraud. I have no idea. Um, oh. I don't. I don't have an answer for that because I don't know. That might be something out of uh, Springfield. We're typically here in the Illinois State Police in this area. We have two sections um, in this particular area. One is our, actually three, I guess. We have a Medicaid fraud. We have our investigations office. And then we also have our patrol section, which is where I'm at out of the Pasodum office. So Springfield probably has more entities, um, which is you know obviously our headquarters, but I don't know all the ins and outs of of the different divisions. So I don't have an answer for that. 356-9397 is the phone number. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 3515357. That's 3515357 is texting and driving. This is a 217 texter. So hopefully they weren't texting and driving when they texted <laughs> this. Is texting while driving as bad as drunk driving? If so, why don't we impound their cars and issue a larger fine my oh great question my guess is uh you you enforce what's on the books right absolutely but i would i'm gonna guess here so leading question you wouldn't mind harsher penalties uh if you ask or deterrence my... i should say <laughs> yes. deterrence so to answer the first question is texting and driving as bad as um, drunk driving the answer is yes studies have shown that across the country so it is just as bad um if not becoming worse and the, the penalties and the um, impounding their vehicle, the penalties being more than just the $120 fine, that is up to legislation. That is not up to the trooper. Um, so I, unfortunately, um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain this without giving my opinion because I can't give you my opinion. I see. But I, I absolutely 100% think that the texting and driving problem has gotten increasingly increasingly worse in this area um and i've seen i've seen it time and time again so the stricter stricter penalties and that kind of stuff that's something that you need to um really push for more legislation on uh, different different laws to make sure that the fines go up and the penalties are stronger but that's something that the the police department can't do Back to the phones with Trooper Tracy Lillard. Richard is up. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, and thank you, Officer Lillard. Uh, I'm a commercial driver. Yes. And I have a couple of things that uh, in construction zones that bother me. Sure. I'll let you try to address them. And if time permits, I have some humor you might enjoy. Um, why is it that when we slow down from 55 or from 70 to 55 uh, in a construction zone, then down to 45, then we oftentimes see a flagman and he's holding a sign that says slow. And uh, I, I like definite uh, boundaries. Uh, why isn't there a sign that says maybe 30 if that's what they want? Uh, uh, okay. Because some people are creeping to it 15. Sure. That is. What, sure. What do you to that? So I would love to address that. So last year I um, talked to a lot of the construction workers out on a particular stretch. And I asked them, it was on I-57 when we had a huge uh, construction zone through the Curtis Road area. And I stopped and talked to some of the engineers there and um, the, the head, I guess, foreman of the crew. And I asked them, when your flagger is standing there, what do you want the public to do? And because it's already at 45, 
what do you want the public to do? They said that they want people to maintain that work zone speed limit. They want people to continue on at 45 miles an hour. If people slow to 15, then they're going to have what's called an accordion effect. And then traffic backs. Yes, they don't want the accordion effect, but they also want people. They want people to continue through and continue that that flow of traffic. The flagman is kind of, um, I guess, their their extra eyes, you know, right before those people are working. Because a lot of times when a flagman is there, those people are physically standing right next to the line, and that's their eyes and ears uh, for the people that are working out there. Unfortunately, it actually starts to slow down traffic because people get very, um, sure. they get nervous and they don't want to run over that that guy holding the flag. And so they slow down even more. And then, like I said, that accordion effect. And now you've got the traffic queue happening five miles before the construction zone even starts. Absolutely. So I get it. The construction guys get it. Traffic doesn't get it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best. Um, I actually suggested last year that they start putting more signs up that say maintain speed, maintain construction zone speed limit. Just, but unfortunately, um, the public doesn't like to read signs. So. <laughs> well, another area, you know, exiting the area where there is intense activity, and I'm down to 45. Right. Uh, why isn't there a sign, you know, 100 yards after that saying resume 55? Never see that. Or well, they might them. they might not want you to go back to 55. They might want you to stay at 45. But see, the, my rational uh, being says, well, okay, I, I was okay at 55 until the last quarter mile. And so now that I'm past it, a quarter mile, why can't I be going 55? Because all I'm going past are cones. Right, and, right. And I have I don't have an answer for that because I don't set up the construction zones. But Well, let me... Let me give you my perception. Since sure. we've all been forced onto e-log since mid-December, right? every minute oftentimes, I, I pulled into an area with less than uh, two minutes on my electronic log to start my, my uh, 10-hour. But I was caught in traffic up in uh, Indianapolis on 465 uh, uh, half a month ago, and I couldn't get to my my uh, place where I was going to spend my ten hours. Very frustrating this e log thing, but right. I know you have nothing to do with that. But another thing that bothers me about uh, the my, speed limit. Last item, Richard. Never, oh, I know. I could go on for quite a while, but uh, why is it when the state decided that uh, insurance uh, records were true and that they should have one speed for all vehicles? instead of the split speed that we experienced for, for decades, why is it that in high-volume uh, areas, such as metropolitan areas, Chicago, and uh, coming in on 55 and 57, trucks are required to, once again, split their speed lower than cars since it's less safe? It makes no sense to me. Well, and I, ha- I can't – I understand what you're asking. Um, I, I remember when it was 55 for, for trucks pulling trailers, and then it was uh, – you know, 65 for cars. I remember that. I I personally thought that was a better system. Um, then everybody went to 70, and in metropolitan areas, everybody's still the same, except in certain metropolitan areas. So that's all done with IDOT. That's not something that the state police determines. So um, I, I understand your frustration. You enforce what's on the books. I know, and I understand his frustration. I get it. Um, unfortunately, I can't, I can't do anything about that. So Safe travels to you. I know as a commercial motor vehicle driver, you're um, you're asked a lot of out there and uh, please be safe.
Okay, we go to, uh, ironically, coincidentally, Motor is up. Good morning, Motor. Hey, girl, guys and girls, you uh, state troopers, yes. all you people, I got to say one thing. I'm an ex-truck driver over 31 years over the road. I have seen a whole bunch of stuff, which you all have seen also. Yes. I have to commend you. I honor you, no matter where I go or what I do. You do a great job, and most people don't don't believe in you. But I do. The good Lord that I always talk to, he's on your side also. And may you always be grateful and be first and number one with everything that you, you all do. Well, that means a lot. Save I, our lives. I appreciate that, sir. That's very kind of you. Thank okay. you, Motor. We wrap up with uh, Tracy Lillard. Uh, John, hang on. We'll get to you in uh, just a moment here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. You owe over $10,000 in back tax. Three five six nine three nine seven on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Trooper Tracy Lillard is with us for just a few moments longer. Open line in the second hour. I'm Scott Beatty filling in for Brian Barnhart, by the way. Tracy Lillard is with Illinois State Police. John is on the phone. Good morning, John. Uh, good morning. Uh, first of all, uh, Tracy, uh, thank you for all you do out there. I appreciate uh, the state police. Thank you. Um, my question is, uh, I have a CDL. Uh, I'm not an over-the-road driver, though, um, so I do really watch my speed limit, especially on the interstate. And um, it seems like I'm the only one driving the speed limit out there. Uh, <laughs> I get passed by every single car uh, imaginable, even semi-trucks. Uh, but my question is, uh, approaching a construction zone, when the speed drops to 55, mm-hmm. uh, my understanding is we should you should drop to that 55 as soon as you see that sign or close to that sign. Uh, and I just, um, people just come up on your left side mm-hmm. and, and speed as fast as they can to get around you, to get into that construction zone before yes. you do, which is very dangerous. But you know, as I drive 55 through the construction zone or 45, I've got people on my bumper mm-hmm. that are just egging to get around me. Yes. I mean, it's like I can't understand it. Yes. It can't and, go anywhere. and the worst part <laughs> is when that construction zone lasts for nine miles and then they realize that they can't go anywhere. Um, yeah, and then they ride they yeah. ride on your, your um, we call them tailgaters, you know, the. Yes. Uh, but they um, are bumper huggers. I mean, there's all kinds of words that we call them. So to, to address your first statement, which was that you feel like you're the only one and that people are passing you, they are passing marked squad cars. People are passing marked squad cars at a high rate of speed. So that I think they're, I think people are just, a lot of people are just very oblivious to that, the fact that there's even a squad car next to them. They're just passing right past us. Uh, one of our troopers got passed at 121 the other day. So when the, the motorist is traveling 121 miles an hour and passes a marked squad car, they're clearly not looking for that marked squad car because um, the squad car is on the, you know, on the right in the right lane going 70 and 70, 73, something like that. I can't remember what he said he was going, but he said that car passed right by him. When you're pulling into a construction zone, when that sign says 55 and it starts right there and there's a little blinker that says slow down and it shows you what your speed is, that is where the enforcement zone starts. So that 55 area is where you need to be stopping at, are starting to be at 55. A lot of our squad cars are parked right within that little, that little um, area, and then that way they can stop those cars right away. So. 
I have to enforce our time here. Yes, I'm sorry. It's been great. Trooper <laughs> Tracy Lillard from Illinois State Police. Always a pleasure to have you. You can follow them at ISP District 10 on Twitter. We'll do this again soon, okay? Thank you. We really appreciate it. Thanks to all the callers and the texters. Open line next hour. Uh, we continue the, uh, with any direction you want to go. CBS and local news now, News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana, a News Gazette media station. Welcome back. It's a penny for your thoughts, and we are into our number two. I'm Scott Beatty filling in for Brian Barnhart. He is back tomorrow. Ed Bond is our producer engineer. Appreciate his work, and you are you. You can reach me at 356-9397. That's the phone number. The Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351 351- Five three five seven. Really appreciate uh, Trooper Tracy Lillard in the first hour talking with us. Uh, always a lot of folks that want to talk with her and ask uh, questions. One question that came up uh, that uh, we didn't get to was tinted windows, and I asked her uh, quickly before she left about tinted windows in Illinois. There are tinted windows allowed in the front of your car if it's only a certain percentage of darkness or tinting so if uh, there's information on that at the at the state police uh, website i believe or possibly secretary of state but anyway you can look into that so i always thought it was just entirely illegal it's not if it's within uh, certain requirements but here in hour number two we go any direction you like as always on an open line it's been a staple of this program for decades uh, long before i ever had a chance to host and uh, one of the great things we do here on the station is uh, take this show to you and let you uh, voice your opinions or offer your questions or comments. 356-9397. Tom is first up on our open line portion. Uh, good morning, Tom. How are you? Oh, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, what's on your mind? Well, tonight I think something your listeners might be interested in. Uh, tonight at 7 p.m. at the Champaign City Hall, the city, the city staff not the city council, are proposing zoning changes for single-family homes in Champaign that would allow giant houses on small 50-foot lots. The listeners should know three things. I'm coming from the Clark Park neighborhood. The Clark Park neighborhood didn't ask for them. One, two, we we don't want them. And three, when we asked the city to be involved on several occasions in the zoning proposal, city staff ignored our request. We just think it's a backdoor way for people with money who want to be in the neighborhoods, but on their terms. The average house in our neighborhood is 81 years old and 1,500 square feet. What the city staff are proposing are houses, the same house, uh, well, the same lot size, but with a 6,000 square foot house. That's a living space. That's four times more. So that's the concern. I hope people come out at 7 p.m. to voice their concerns. Yeah, the city uh, council meeting tonight. I appreciate you calling in and weighing in on this, Tom. It, Thank you. I, I got a chuckle out of the cartoon that was in Sunday's paper uh, on this on this issue with a house that had uh, no driveway in the cartoon. But um, yeah, if other folks want to weigh in on that, they certainly can. Three five six nine three nine seven. There's another city issue uh, coming up tonight about the honorary street signs around, and uh, there's a 10-year expiration on those. You know, the brown signs, it'll say um, honorary such-and-such such way or uh, such-and-such such street. Uh, there's a concern about uh, some of the fallen heroes having their names come down 
Uh, and that's uh, this issue came up a, a few years ago, so we can dive into that here if you want as well. Uh, we go to Don on an open line. Good morning, Don. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up? I, yeah, with the the news brief, I, I just feel that the, there's so much going on in this city in this area that we're going to waste our time voting on whether you can drink earlier downtown. Uh, I mean, that's all we need is more drunk people downtown earlier during the day. I mean, and these are the people that care about these kids drinking when they're around. But, you know, it just seems to me there's so much going on. Why are we wasting time on where people can drink it earlier? It's, I don't know. I think that it, time could be spent more well, more, more worthwhile while, if that makes sense. <laughs> more well worthwhile, whichever it is. A better use of time is what you're trying to say, right? <laughs> oh, obviously. Come on, man. All this going on, we're worried about what time somebody can drink downtown. We've got to get, we got to move on in this community and start making things better. You know, there's way, way more important issues than that. All right. Hey, thanks, Don. Mm-hmm. Three five six nine three nine seven. The number to call. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is. Three five one five three five seven. Yeah, the city council tonight proposing a slight change in their rules for naming the honorary streets. Uh, this all in the wake of last year's 50th anniversary of the death of police officer Robert Tatman. The council member Greg Stott said he would like to see any street named in honor of a city employee who dies on the job to be made a permanent honorary street. Currently, those designations expire after 10 years. Well. This is uh, a rule that was put in place a few years ago. I want to say 2015, maybe the end of 2014, uh, if I recall correctly. Um, there were honorary street signs all over the place, and the city council approved rules that said uh, after 10 years, those signs come down. And now there's been some notable people already who have had their signs come down. Lauren Tate Way was next door here to the News Gazette Media Building, and that came down. Uh, former host here on A Penny for Your Thoughts, Jim Turpin, has a sign. That would come down. Lou Henson's sign came down. There's some very uh, uh, notable people, and I want to say notable and not necessarily to more significant. I don't want to say one or, you know, because some of the uh, fallen soldiers and police officers who have signs, I mean, I'm not weighing significance here. I'm just saying notoriety. Um, and, and some, I guess, are, are less known names, but worthy of honors well what do you think after you know those signs coming down after 10 years some of these people's names will certainly have a legacy that will be remembered well past that 10 years i remember talking with tom bruno on this issue a council member and he's he basically said and it made sense at the time hey the significance of your work your life isn't isn't decreased because a sign comes down but at the same time People's signs are up for different reasons. You know, maybe it's, it's some, you know, a basketball coach is different than somebody who fell in the line of duty. So, and Greg Stock wasn't on uh, the city council when when this issue was last uh, brought up. So, if you want to weigh in on this, what do you think? Should these should there be signs all over the place in perpetuity? Should there be some signs that come down after a while? Should all of them come down after a while? You can certainly weigh in. Three five six nine three nine seven. We are on an open line here on a penny for your thoughts. We carry on after this. All right. <laughs> but hear me and hear me well. 
the day will come. Oh, yes. Mark my words, Seinfeld. Your day of reckoning is coming when an evil wind will blow through your little play world and wipe that smug smile off your face. And I'll be there in all my glory, watching, watching as it all comes crumbling down. <laughs> Uh, happy birthday to Wayne Knight, portrayed Newman. He is 63 years old today, and uh, I don't think he'll... He's done a lot of things, but I don't think he'll ever escape being Newman, and he did it so well, and always was going on some rant as Seinfeld's nemesis on that show. I think one of the best things about scenes like that and others was... Jerry Seinfeld is surrounded by these great actors. And every time he's in a scene like this, you just, the complete lack of acting ability by Seinfeld, surrounded by Emmy quality actors, is pretty obvious. But anyway, Newman, uh, Wayne Knight uh, also is in Jurassic Park. He was the guy that set the wheels in motion to open up the gates and let the dinosaurs out and all that stuff. And, uh, happy birthday. Uh, 356-9397 is the number here on an open line. And the Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 3515357. Uh, Dale texts, but streets named after politicians stay up forever. We were talking about the honorary street signs around Champaign that uh, expire, if you will, after 10 years. And one council member at least wants to make an exception for those uh, who... Uh, die in the line of duty, uh, who are city employees who um, who die on the job. Uh, but Steve, yeah, that's true. Uh, if you're a politician, uh, not the honorary street signs, but if you have a real street named after you, yeah, that, that stays forever. I guess that's one of the perks. If uh, you're elected, you might get a street named after you. Uh, I Last hour, uh, we mentioned, uh, I, I mentioned a bit about the weekend violence in Chicago. And some numbers that have come out, though, this is uh, interesting. Jeff Glor of CBS News uh, tweeted this out yesterday, and it's he cites the Major Cities Chiefs Association 2017 Violent Crime Survey. So that's apparently where these numbers are. Homicide rates in the U.S. in, in, in major cities per 100,000 from last year. Where do you think the homicide rate for Chicago would be? It actually would be ninth. Per 100,000, 23.9 homicides per 100,000 in Chicago. The highest rate of homicide, not, not, not total number, we're just talking about the rate. The highest rate of homicides in the U.S. unfortunately belongs to St. Louis at 66.4. Now, I'm not totally clear on, because you have St. Louis, the city proper, which I believe is actually kind of small. Uh, in population of, in terms of the city limits, but you have the larger county and that sort of St. Louis area, which is obviously much bigger. But anyway, St. Louis checks in at number one at 66.4. The number two city is Baltimore, 51.9. New Orleans is at 40.3 at number three, and Detroit is number four, 39.7. Cleveland is five at 33.7. But uh, Chicago, ninth in the homicide rate. And Chicago, it's just interesting how you look at it because Chicago has the rap of being a very violent city, and it is. In terms of total homicides in 2017, 
Chicago, by far and away, uh, had the most in 2017 of any major city with 650. Fourth was New York with 292. Los Angeles was fifth with 282. You combine those two, the two biggest cities in the United States, then the total homicides in those two cities does not match how many homicides happened in Chicago last year. New York and Los Angeles had 574 combined. Also interesting is New York and L.A. didn't make the top 10 in homicide rates, even though they make the top 10 in total homicides. So Chicago, 650, number one last year. Baltimore, though, less than half of that at number two with 318. Philly was third with 316. So as usual, you can play with numbers and look at things in different ways. There's no doubt there's a crisis in Chicago and, you know, always been problems in our inner cities. But just looking at uh, the homicide rates, Chicago is far behind some other cities in the U.S., uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel and the police superintendent hosting a press conference yesterday, apparently citing a big problem is that people are not talking. Uh, they are not identifying shooters. You need witnesses, some of these uh, instances. And it makes sense that people aren't talking because they're afraid for their lives. They're afraid of retribution, I would assume, if they do talk with police and, and point out shooters. Three five six nine three nine seven is the number to call. It's a penny for your thoughts. An open line. We carry on for the rest of the hour. Want to weigh in on that? Weigh in on uh, anything else? Uh, uh, Alex Jones, Infowars, booted off Facebook. What do you think of that? Is that a good move by Facebook, or is that a troubling move? Because uh, Alex Jones, uh, if you find him distasteful, or maybe you agree with him, what about free speech and uh, keeping those? Uh, types of platforms available to all. But uh, Alex Jones has definitely put out some hurtful and dangerous language at times. Weighing on that, we're back in a moment on A Penny for Your Thoughts. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. Welcome back. We're into the final quarter of A Penny for Your Thoughts. Scott Beatty in for Brian Barnhart. He's back tomorrow. He'll guide you through an open line. And later this week, he will look into some of the uh, violence issues going on in Chicago. Also, he'll hear a little bit about the upcoming Rebounders golf outing. But in the meantime, I am with you on an open line, uh, open open topics, any way you want to go. Zoe is up first. Zoe, appreciate you hanging on. Good morning. Thanks, Scott. I really enjoyed your your uh, first part of your program, by the way, with the uh, lady uh, police officer. Tracy Lillard, yeah. She was good. She is. Um, thank you. Anyway, uh, I just called to say, even if people don't like Alex Jones's program, they ought to be troubled by what happened because multiple platforms um, took him down off their, I forget what you call that, <laughs> because I'm not a techie. Yeah. Okay. But they, you know, they appear to me to have colluded <laughs> to remove him. And um, I actually, he, he, I don't listen to him anymore much, but I know that he was planning, he knew that this would happen eventually. And um, he's been planning for it and uh, making other, um, using other options, working on other options in order. And I actually, think it's going to make him more popular than ever and a lot of people are going to notice him and he probably is real happy 
because uh, he likes publicity, and this is publicity, and and uh, and as far as uh, yeah, a guy like him. I mean, some some folks sort of thrive in controversy and and uh, having opposition, mm-hmm. and so yeah, a guy like him probably in a weird way welcomes it. Yeah. Um, as far as one reason that I did quit listening to him was that one day he admitted that he was uh, in favor of what's called the third way, and the Clintons are in favor of the third way, as are the Bushes. You wouldn't think they'd be in favor of the same thing, but that's how that Hegelian dialectic works, and I don't like it, and I, I, I said, you know, I suspected this, and um, I think he may be kind of like controlled opposition. And so um, I have uh, pretty much, I do turn him on now and then because I like, sometimes he gets, he has guests that I get interested in. I mean, he's had some great guests. And also some of his reporters are really, really good. And I like the health ranger. So I do occasionally, but I, but I, I take it with a grain of salt. And as far as uh, him uh, maybe hurting some snowflake feelings, uh, you know, feelings, as I said yesterday on the program, feelings come and feelings go. And uh, if people, I mean, I've had my feelings hurt, and it happens. And, it, and if people, you can't cut off somebody's freedom of speech just because they hurt somebody's feelings. That's well, my opinion. I appreciate it, uh, Zoe. appreciate you weighing Thanks, in. Scott. Yep, three five six nine three nine seven. Now, freedom of speech is... I, you know, it's not being cut off here by the government, and that's really where the protections are. This is just private companies saying, "Hey, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to distribute your content anymore." Let's go to Mark. Good morning, Mark. This is Mike. Is this? Uh, I'm sorry, Mike. I uh, it had Mark up here <laughs> no on the problem. screen. It's Mike. Yes, well, that's, good. that's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, good thanks, morning, Mike. Thanks for thanks for taking my call. Sure. I uh, also wanted to speak about the. Um, the zoning issues that were brought up by an earlier caller. I hadn't heard anybody else uh, speaking about that. And uh, Yeah, this is in the Clark Street neighborhood? It's in the Clark Park area. Clark Park, Park, we're, Park. we're focused. However, the, the zoning ordinance changes that the Planning and Development Department's proposing would be citywide for um, all single-family lots. And so this, this affects a big part of the city. Now, the Clark Park area has identified it as a problem for them, the way it's being presented, and in fact, we think this is where the um, the idea that there needed to be a change uh, uh, started. Uh, there were some builders and developers who wanted to build bigger homes in this particular area. Uh, there are a large number of the small lots in the Clark Park area. So we organized to uh, uh, tell them we thought that was a bad idea that they and the builders and developers had come up with. So um, it's now to the point it, uh, where the council is uh, getting more information and trying to make a decision whether to move forward with this, these ideas or not. And uh, we're hoping that they'll opt for some option that includes more study. We think this really needs more work. It's complicated when you paint the whole city with a big brush and, and say all the single-family lots are going to be uh, uh, regulated in this way. Uh, we think there are pockets of development that have occurred over the years, over the decades, that um, a single single set of ordinances will not solve. So um, we're hoping that people that have other ideas that are quite possibly different than what Clark Park area wants uh, will step up and say, no, in our area we like this. And 
others to say, you know, we, we think this would be best in our area. Uh, zoning can definitely be tailored to individual neighborhoods. That's what it's about, part of what it's about. And um, so we're hopeful that, that we'll get some more study of this. Uh, In-town district had a lengthy study in their area, and they have more um, more zoning classifications all the way from single family up to multifamily. But uh, it's still not that much simpler just because you're looking at one uh, one zoning classification, the single family, and uh, especially when you try to spread it across the entire city. So um, we hope people show up and, and speak up and, and organize in various ways. If, uh, if they feel they need to do that, they can always contact us at uh, No Giant Houses. They can find us on the web and, and uh, through email, and we'd be glad to help them organize if uh, other neighborhoods are interested in uh, speaking out on their own particular interests. When you say we, Mike, who are you talking about? I'm sorry? You were saying we. Did, did I miss? Are, are you with a yeah, group? Or? There's a, the, the Clark Park Steering Committee. We've been active uh, researching this, and we've actually uh, submitted a conservation district uh, proposal to um, establish the Clark Park area as um, the city's first conservation district. Uh, the ordinance to allow a conservation district has been on the books for, I think, about 15 years, but nobody's ever tried to do it. And when we um, put our application together, we found out at least one reason why nobody had ever tried to do it. It's pretty complicated and time-consuming, to say the least. But uh, we submitted that application last Friday. And um, uh, in addition, we called for a moratorium uh, to allow more time to study this. We think the uh, we need more resident input and more involvement by the community. That's uh, our, one of our main points at the moment is uh, just to slow down a little bit. Hey, Mike, I appreciate you weighing in. Great. Okay. Thanks so, for the, the platform to be able to do that. Yeah. Thanks very yeah. Much. It seems like a, a local issue here that, uh, that folks are concerned about, so appreciate you doing that. Uh, and uh, Champaign City Council meets tonight. Uh, they're doing that. They're also looking at the honorary street signs as as well as some other things. All right, a couple of folks hanging on on an open line. We're going to get back to that. We've been talking about Alex Jones. We're talking about uh, Clark Park area and anything else. It's an open line. That's what we do. It's a penny for your thoughts. Join us for the next Bohannon Show to look at the fate of Tommy Robinson. Is he anti-Muslim? Your call's welcome on the next Bohannon Show right here. Tonight at 9 on DWF. falling on my head. And just like the guy's feet are too big for his bed, nothing seems to fit. Those raindrops are falling on my head and they keep falling. So I just did me some talk. Happy birthday to B.J. Thomas. He is 75 years old. That's perhaps his most famous song there and was also in the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That won an Academy Award for Best Original Song. Coincidentally, Robert Redford, who's in that movie, has announced he's retiring at the age of 81 from acting. He's apparently made his final film. Robert Redford, uh, it's one of the best movies uh, you, you can see, though. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Happy birthday to B.J. Thomas. Scott Beatty with you. It's an open line, 356-9397. Till the top of the hour, Castle Heating and Cooling tax line is 351-5357. Eric has been hanging on. I appreciate it, Eric. Good morning. You're up. Good morning, Scott. Um, harking back to that scene, the Godfather, where uh, Cassio's like, you know, he betrayed uh, Michael. So Tom Hagen says, well, can't you make a pass on this one? He says, 
sorry, Sally. You know, Michael understands that we can't make no exceptions. So I think on the street sign, these streets want everybody. And so, you know, and, and public employees are pensioned well and everything else. And so I think the 10-year rule is a good rule. It keeps things moving. They get People get recognized and honored, and then it, it opens up the space for someone else. And I think it, I think they should keep it that way or they should go revert to a point if you name an honorary street, it stays forever for everybody. So that's uh, just kind of what i got to say about that. Yeah, I think that is basically the the counter argument here, and I appreciate you weighing in, Eric. Is uh, no matter who you are, you know, it, the street signs up for a little while. You get honor, you get your due, and then it comes down, and it, and they give you the street signs so you can put it up in your basement next to all your other cool stuff you own. So I think that's what the, really what was the intent in the first place. And, and I hate when these things get changed. Like they did some things with the Olympic Monument a few years ago, and I wasn't real pleased about it, but. And this goes along the same lines. Honor them for the 10 years, like you said you were doing. You set the program up and stick to it. You know, that's it. Uh, I guess that's all I got for you today. You have a good one, man. Yeah, thank, th- thanks for weighing in. And my question is, I mean, when this was enacted a few years ago, you knew this kind of issue would come up because at some point it wasn't just going to be the Lou Hensons of the world whose sign were going to come down as great of a person as Lou Henson. I mean, how do you weigh that against somebody who's paid an ultimate sacrifice? And, and I, you know, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. I guess I don't have strong feelings either way. I'm, I'm, I think this, the signs are great. If they come down, uh, you know, they come down, if they stay up, I'm fine with it, but I can understand why we can't just have signs up forever. And, you know, how do you decide, who's worthy of a sign and who isn't. And, uh, you know, some people want to honor somebody that other people would say that, okay, I'm, you know, perhaps that's somebody who's died and, you know, I'm sorry for your loss, but it's not worthy of a public display like that. Or maybe somebody's done something that you think is significant, but somebody else doesn't really see it as significant. I don't know. I'm kind of talking in circles, I guess, but I can see both sides. Of this. We'll see how the, the city council plays out in this. It's an open line. If you uh, want to weigh in here before things are all said and done, you can certainly do that. Uh, Brian Barnhart is back with us tomorrow and the rest of the week. He'll take some uh, open line uh, calls as well. I wanted to circle back to a couple of things we were talking about in the first hour with Trooper Tracy Lillard. She uh, was with us and took some calls, and we were talking about in Illinois, there is no number posted to call if you see an issue on the interstate, for example, you're supposed to just call 911. And one texter asked if that's really what we're supposed to do because other states have specific numbers for, let's say you see somebody in the ditch or somebody, you're not sure it's an emergency. Who should you call? And Tracy said you should still call 911. I can attest I've done that a couple of times. Um, and and I've never been told don't call or you shouldn't have called. Uh, they don't mind. Now, obviously, if it's an emergency, you call 911. Uh, you can call star 77. Tracy uh, passed this on to me after her segment was over. You can call star 77, and that will get you to your local Illinois State Police District. Here in District 10, that would go down to the Pesodum office. But it's not a manned number. So if it's anything urgent or emergency, don't call that. You'll hear uh, a message that says basically, hey, uh, if it's emergency, call 911. But if you just want to leave a message and, you know, it's something that can be dealt with down the line, you can call star 77. 
we also were uh, talking about turning left on one ways, and Ed Bond has brought us some clarity on that. Indeed, uh, one way to one way, if you are traveling on a one-way street and come to an intersection with another one-way street on which the traffic is traveling left, where legal, you must first come to a complete stop, and then you may proceed to turn left onto the one-way street at the red light. Some of the states, it is not legal. Connecticut, Maine, New Hampshire, North Carolina, and others, including uh, Wisconsin, Missouri, it's only in Kansas City. Now, I have a proposal, and I have no idea what the negative implications would be about this, but a three-way intersection, and this happens to me all the time because we're here in downtown. If you go north on Walnut, uh, you come to the first cross-section, and I, I, uh, I think it's Washington. If you turn right on Washington, there's a stoplight right there, and it's a three-way intersection. So if I'm going east on Washington, I can only go, continue going straight, or I can turn left. When that light is red and I'm on Washington, why can't I just go straight through the red if there's no traffic coming from the northbound? It's just the same as turning right on a red light. It's just instead of turning right, you're going straight, but I have no traffic from the right. I've always wondered that. Why can't I just use that? Maybe I'm trying to create laws that are just going to be dangerous, but that's my thought on it. Anyway, we uh, wrap up uh, an open line here. If you've got any thoughts, anything uh, last minute you want to weigh in on, 356-9397. And the Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. Penny for your thoughts. Scott Beatty here with you a few minutes more down the final stretch. Facer Law Office invites you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Home, Your Assets, and Your Family from the Costs of Long-Term Care. Learn about the law that completely changes the rules and much more this Wednesday, August 8th, 1.30 at the I-Hotel. Call Facer Law Office at 337-1111 to reserve your spot. That's 337-1111. Ask about the new book co-authored by Elder Law Attorney Thorpe Facer. Protect your family. Don't write a blank check to the nursing home. Well, it's uh, August 7th, and uh, we wished happy birthdays to Wayne Knight and B.J. Thomas. Uh, some other notable events. Well, it is the birthday of Dave Lone. Our uh, sports morning man and play-by-play uh, -play -play man for a lot of Illinois athletics. Uh, happy birthday to Dave, reaching a milestone birthday. Back in 1782, George Washington created the Order of the Purple Heart, recognizing enlisted uh, men and non-commissioned officers for merits. In 19, 1789, the Department of War was established by Congress. This is the anniversary of uh, the Allied forces landing at Guadalcanal in 1942. That was the first major Allied offensive in the Pacific during World War II. In 1959, the U.S. launched the Explorer 6 satellite, which sent back images of Earth. That was 1959. In 1990, President George H.W. Bush ordered U.S. troops in warplanes to Saudi Arabia to guard the oil-rich Desert Kingdom against a possible invasion by Iraq. I believe that was Desert Shield was the name of that operation and became Desert Storm when they eventually invaded Iraq. And uh, it's the anniversary of Barry Bonds hitting home run number 756 to break Hank Aaron's storied record with one out in the fifth inning of a San Francisco Giants game against the Washington Nationals. Kind of a... Uh, uh, not as celebrated of a record anymore because of Barry Bonds' uh, believed association uh, with steroids. 
Well, many thanks to uh, all involved with the program today. Trooper Tracy Lillard from Illinois State Police was our guest in the first hour. He took a lot of calls and texts. Always appreciate her giving her time on uh, helping out the public understand what is uh, going on. Ed Bond has been our producer engineer, and uh, we thank you all of you who chimed in on an open line through your texts and your phone calls. Brian Barnhart will be doing it again tomorrow. As with um, so many of our programs, this will be a podcast, so if you missed anything, you can find it at our website, wdws.com. We're also on iTunes. If you're listening in that uh, format, uh, do us a favor and, and rate us. It helps uh, boost us uh, if, if you enjoy the program we would appreciate that brian's back tomorrow i will be back with you at four o'clock this afternoon for the dws news hour and then five o'clock lauren tate is with me we dive into sports talk the news is next this is news talk 1400 wdws champaign urbana a news gazette media station have a great day